What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Provoke, a podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we are recording in the Evoke Advertising Studios in sunny Orlando, Florida. And on this episode, we are going to discuss communication in crisis. Um, if you've been living under a rock or haven't turned on a TV or opened up a, a laptop or searched your smartphone in the past week and a half, you know that it's been a very harrowing week or two when it comes to public communication. Um, whether it's been a tone deaf ad or a flat out lie, uh, it's 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 been pretty prevalent in in a lot of the media that we've been consuming over the past few weeks. And uh, and in this episode, we really want to kind of dive into a couple of prime examples of what to do and what not to do when it comes to crisis communication in both PR in the in both the PR realms and in social media and we're going to bring in uh we're going to bring in some old guests Valentina and Megan uh, to kind of really dive deeper into those into those two realms but before we do that I wanted to talk a qu- for a quick moment about uh, everybody's favorite press secretary uh, Sean Spicer uh, he was in the news earlier this week, uh, oddly enough, not in the news for reporting news, but in the news because he made news uh, when he essentially likened uh, President uh, President Assad of, of Syria to Hitler. Or actually, if I make sure I get this correct, he he made it seem that made it seem like Assad was worse than Hitler. And here's here's how he he he. He literally said, Sean Spicer literally said this on 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 camera, that at the very at, at least Assad, at least Hitler didn't use chemical weapons in the way that Assad did against his people. Now, <laughs> I don't know how many of you remember your U.S. history or your world history lessons from high school, but Adolf Hitler. Um, was notorious as a as a matter of fact for using many 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 chemical weapons against not only his people but others who 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 didn't look like him or sound like him have the same blonde hair or blue eyes like him um for years and uh yeah sean spicer really dropped the ball on this one but that's not even the worst part of this whole issue um when Sean Spicer was given the opportunity to correct himself, it took him five different attempts to do so. And in none of those attempts did he actually just flat out apologize for even even making an, a, a slight inference to the idea of Assad being worse than Hitler and the fact that Assad Assad used chemical weapons when Hitler didn't in the same way, shape or fashion. I, I, I'm not sure, but... The fact that Spicer didn't even take the time to apologize for for even insinuating such things is is really the the heart of this episode. We're gonna take a lot of we're gonna take some time to really kind of peel back the onion and figure out exactly why it's so difficult for companies big and small to say sorry uh to 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 start the conversation in a slightly more positive note by admitting that there was some that 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 there was some potential wrongdoing in the first place so um and yeah so you'll you'll definitely get a, a real good taste of that when as we move forward in the show so now I got that off my chest. 
we are going to get right into it. All right, everybody, uh, we are back with a Provoke podcast, and we've got a couple of guests in the studio. We have Valentina and Megan. They have been on the show before, um, back by popular demand. Um, so, I mean, it's super casual. I really want to just kind of get a conversation going about United Airlines to start off with. I mean, it's just one of those things that's kind of been in the news, the forefront of the news for the past, like, I'd say week or so. Um, so kind of open-ended question, United Airlines, what went wrong? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess from like a a, a public communication standpoint, how could, how could United Airlines have handled Mm -hmm. it better? Oh, you said public. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, well, just to backtrack a little bit, this has been a really crazy week. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Um, what Pepsi, United Airlines, Sean Spicer, Crazy week. (laughs) Crazy week for PR. Definitely. Um, But a lot of people think it's a PR thing. And Mm -hmm. it is. I mean, but it's more of a leadership thing, I think, over a communications thing. You know, companies fail all of the time. And it's the way that you approach it after it happens that can make or break you. You know, um, so it's clear you need to fess up, apologize and do everything in your power to make sure it doesn't happen again. That is our that is how everyone should be handling it, especially from a obviously from a PR perspective. Mm -hmm. It's do not blame your customers. Do not blame other people. This is your problem and Mm -hmm. you need to fix it and you need to let your people know and your customers know that you are going to try and fix it. You know, it's not, it's their fault that they <laughs> overbooked the flight. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. their fault. And, yeah. and I think it was, I think it was brought up a couple of days ago that that flight wasn't even overbooked. It turns out that flight wasn't even overbooked. Like oh, they were just trying to make room. They wanted to make room for some of their flight crew. Right. That had to, I guess, be in attendance for a layover. I think right. like Cleveland or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of. I mean, I think with um, this situation, although, you know, however unfortunate it was for the guy who got dragged off the plane, mm-hmm. I feel like at the same time, it was almost beneficial because it brought to light some internal issues that they have just operationally processes, procedures that clearly need to be changed. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw, you probably did, but they, the CEO put out a statement mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like all over their social media pages. Um, but they, you know, he mentioned in there that they're going to have a plan of action by April 30th. He gave everyone a deadline that they're reviewing their internal processes that, you know, so maybe, maybe something good will come out of it so that this is avoided in the future. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But when stuff happens like this, you started, uh, there was on Twitter and I think on some Facebook where a lot of United employees were talking about, well, this is not overbooking is not something it's not new. This happens and this happens and mm-hmm. this happens. And they started bashing the company that they work for. You know, years ago, they weren't doing that. Employee loyalty was everything, you know? And now I feel like with social media and everything, it's so easy to just throw somebody under the bus and just voice your opinions. And it's hard to gain the loyalty from your customers if you don't even have it from your employees, mm-hmm. you know? And well, it's. 
I mean, maybe the dissension was always there, mm-hmm. but no one really had an outlet, a true outlet mm-hmm. until social media kind of exactly. came to the forefront. And I know, I know United, this isn't the first time in recent history that United has come under fire for like some very questionable airline practices. Cause mm-hmm. it was what, a couple months ago where they, they kicked the, the 10 year old and like the 13 year old off the plane because they were wearing like leggings. Oh yeah. Oh, that was United. Wearing, yeah. Wasn't that? That was yeah United. But that was a little bit different though, because they were using, they were on standby, right? Uh, oh, they were using the buddy pass thing. Yeah. They were using that buddy so pass. So in order to. And there's like different, pro, there's different protocols. Yeah, in order yeah. to. Um, dress code. Yeah. There's a dress code when it comes to people who are so do with United mm-hmm. and they have to keep their reputation and Absolutely. uphold. Okay. It's a little bit whatever. Different. So it's a little, a little bit different, different but yeah. again, social media People blew it up as out. this thing People. that, you know, <laughs> you can never wear leggings on a flight and it's just, it just yeah. got a little out of hand, but. I don't know. I think in these situations, you just have to be prepared to act super quick, you know, mm-hmm. to get that press release out and then get it distributed on all your social platforms. And I, I mean, I think that they, you know, United went about it a pretty decent way they got a response from the ceo directly they screenshot his response they pinned it to the top of their accounts mm-hmm. so on the top of twitter and facebook and whatever so everyone saw that you know these these are their next steps so i mean in a case like this when the damage is done there's only so much you can do you know you just have to to get something out there immediately so people aren't sitting there wondering you know what's the story what's happening next are you going to fix it you kind of but you know, then again i don't think he talked to his pr professionals because he didn't apologize about the way that he, the people handled him on the flight. Yeah. He apologized for the overbooking and having to escort him off of the flight. Yeah. It was kind of like that sorry, not sorry yeah, kind of apology. Exactly. So, I mean, that was the, I think that was the, they, they handled everything else pretty well, but that was the one thing that I was kind of like, it's like, you still drug this guy off of a plane. So I'm like, where, where is like, how is that handled? So, I mean, I, I don't, I really don't know. I think that's yeah. probably the, the one missing piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. as far as like being able to, to call this a, a, a successful crisis communication situation. Yeah. And it, it's a side note. He was actually, um, awarded. Yeah. I was, I was hoping somebody PR bring that up. communicator of the year. <laughs> when was that? Hold on. I'm going to look at I think this. it was like a day before this happened. Last month. Yikes. Okay. Sorry, not last year. Last month, he was named PR Week's Communicator of the Year. CEO <laughs> Oscar Minas. Wow. So imagine what that if that, that if that awards accepted speech came after this happened, like how awkward yeah, that would have been. Yeah, awkward. I think they'd have to <laughs> revoke it at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. So, so on the whole, I guess we can we can safely say that you know, even though this incident was very unfortunate, United probably went about it better than expected, worse than expected. I'd, I'd say they went about it as expected. As expected. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they bl- knocked it out of the park. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I think they should have immediately put out an apology and, you know, got it to every single you know, distributed it everywhere they possibly could. Mm-hmm. That would have minimized a lot of the, what is, I can't think of the word, a lot of the... Like the damage? The damage that would have been done by everyone seeing the video yeah. and making their own assumptions of mm-hmm. what happened. Because it took them, I think it was what? When did this A happen few hours? Um, was this the 10th? Mm-hmm. On Monday. 
think that was Monday. Yeah. Yeah, um, but so like a twenty-four hour turnaround to mm-hmm. have an official, mm-hmm. sincere apology. It's kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially given yeah. given the yeah, that's very a, long time. That's a lot of time to let everyone on Twitter mm-hmm. kind of just let <laughs> that let that yeah. spread. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah. So yeah, I guess it, they reacted as expected, mm-hmm. as yeah. expected. So what do you think is? So what do you think is next for United? Because I know I saw their their stocks, their stock values plummeted mm-hmm. tremendously, like a day or two ago, by like yeah. a, a billion and a half or something like that. God. Um, like you said, they he did they did issue a a public apology, but it was kind of like a eh, we're sorry for the overbooking mm-hmm. thing. Like we're sorry that this happened, but mm-hmm. this was going to happen regardless, right. kind of thing. Um, and 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 they're talking about compensate compensation for for everybody on the flight. Yeah. We're not sure whether it's going to be cash or vouchers or a combination of the two. It's not just that though. It's it's going to take them a long time to get away from this scandal, not because, you know, it. it's a compassion thing. You know, I don't want to go on a flight where I feel like somebody will forcibly remove me because they've overbooked a flight. Mm-hmm. I don't want them. He had no compassion in the way that his first statement that he put out, he had no compassion for what happened. Did you hear? This man is filing a lawsuit. Yeah. He mm-hmm. broke his nose, lost mm-hmm. two teeth, had a severe concussion. You know, I'm... Almost positive he would have known within a few hours what happened to that man, yet you showed no compassion in your first statement as to, I apologize for what happened to this man and I will get down to the bottom of it, you know? So I imagine their sales are probably going to be pretty affected negatively, Mm -hmm. short term, at least. I mean, I I was looking at their Twitter this morning and you can tell that they're trying to change the conversation and so they're (laughs) sharing a lot of stories about, you know, their goodwill, Mm -hmm. how they Mm -hmm. flew these, an entire plane of vets, you know, for free and to check out the story and people are like, you know, they have no mercy. They're like, look, why are you shifting the focus from this? We're still talking about this incident that happened this week, you know, so... I don't know. I I can imagine they're probably going to lose a lot of customers, at least temporarily. So uh, it's I just don't know. like any other scandal, Harambe. <laughs> with the zoo. It's, like it's, it's still happening. Just it like is Harambe. still out there. It's crazy to me how long that has lasted. Uh huh. It is still there. Yeah. Um. So do you really think, do you honestly think that it's going to affect how people, whether or not people fly? I do. I think that I would think, I would consider it if I'm booking a flight. I mean, the I think the part that gets me is that, uh, you know, they asked for volunteers and when no one wanted to volunteer, they randomly picked this guy and to remove him off the plane. What if I were that person and mm-hmm. I was traveling with a companion or a friend and they wanted to re- remove me off the plane? You know, like, I, I think I would think about that. If I was going to book a flight with them, like, okay, well, these are their processes. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to be subjected to that. I don't know. I mean, it really sucks because I'm going, I'm taking a trip in Memorial Day weekend and they are my return flight. So, uh, <laughs> great. So, and so, I so do how, not many, how, go how many concessions can you truly make when you, I do not want to go through the tedious process of canceling a flight and then rebooking a flight because it's a one way and it's oh, not sure, a round trip. Point. So, it's just... You know, at this point, hopefully I am not forcibly removed because I would not look pretty uh-huh. for them, not me. And, um, but I mean, 
this happens and I feel like it's not going to happen again because they can't deal with another scandal. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of people know that and the same thing won't happen twice so close to each other. I I think a lot of people would think that. So when it goes into the whole decision process, if it's one of the cheaper flights, I feel like people are going to still book a flight with United, even though yeah. this has happened. I don't know. I'm still salty but with Spirit for charging me 100 bucks for my carry-on. Though I am knowing. salty with Spirit, I will never ride Spirit again because they did me dirty. Okay? Yeah, Spirit does everyone dirty. and But everyone knows that, me, so that's why they don't, they don't yeah, fly with them. I was a Spirit fan. I was a Spirit fan uh-huh. until... How? Because it was cheap. How? Because it was cheap. The seats are, you literally have no room. I was a Spirit fan because it was cheap until one day out of the blue, they changed their policies and said, actually, mm-hmm. you have to pay for your carry-on. And that was the last Spirit flight I've ever been on. <laughs> so when it starts so when it starts affecting your money, that's definitely the, the thing that's going to cause mm-hmm. sure. a, a But that's a reoccurring and... thing. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That I, I wouldn't do Spirit so because... So people just, people just aren't getting ripped off of planes. You could be holding right. your... your your jacket and they'll be like mm, that's a carry-on it's mm. another 50 i'm like what you know <laughs> but i feel like with united they did this one thing that they haven't done you know in a long time so it, it, some people might still book flights with them i'm not gonna I'm go sure. and they're not gonna lose all of their customers but i think i think some people will consider it in the decision making process not people that have already booked i think they're like crap at this point that's me it is what it is <laughs> those are the tinas of the group <laughs> And then there's other Too people. Much. There's Too other much. people like the Megans of the group who are probably going to be like, probably not united mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's it's similar with what happened with Chick Fil A and how mm-hmm. the 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 CEO Chick Fil A came out against um, came out against spoke out against <laughs> homosexuality. Ah, <laughs> and so people kind of had this conundrum. It was like, oh, you know, this guy is not a great guy. It was like, but these chicken, chicken sandwiches are so on point. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I was definitely in that camp of like, you know, just mm-hmm. shamefully eating my chicken nuggets in my car yeah. at night and well, the, the cover should, of night. They should step up their customer service game and start giving better incentives on the flight and maybe that'll counter, you know, negative impressions of what's happening you now. Some, like, but... You know, Delta has those cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Oh, those, yeah, get on Delta's yeah, levels. Those cookies. Those Delta's cookies don't limit bad. me to one bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have multiple bags of chips. Give me those gingerbread cookies. <laughs> okay? Those, those cookies are off the chain. Complimentary coffee. Absolutely. That goes a long way on hey, a it's flight. It's the okay? little thing. It's it's really the little thing. I'm not sure if they don't already do that. I haven't taken a United flight in a while. But if you don't do that, y'all <laughs> should start. So uh, moving on to another uh, multi-billion dollar company. Uh, this is kind of a throwback from uh, like a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, Pepsi and the the infamous Kendall Jenner Pepsi activism, you know, everybody drink a Pepsi and racism is over ad. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. That ad confused me in all sorts of ways. I'm like, why is he playing the cello? Why are they break dancing in the middle? Why are they happy? Is there a party? They come from all walks of life, Megan. Oh. As, as a, as a and musicians and actresses and models coming together shoots in the for middle of the a road. Pepsi. Yeah, okay. as, as a black guy, I can not say that we, we break dance all the time. So it's just what you we said do. You can? You yeah, do break we, dance? We do all the time. I wake up okay. break dancing. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of... Um, a lot of mixed emotions, a lot yeah. of uh, very odd, weird feelings that people had about the, the the ad. So, like, what was what was y'all's initial reactions to it? <laughs> They're both shaking their heads right now. <laughs> Confusion. I don't know. I mean, 
I, yeah, I didn't really get it when I was reading. I I try. I didn't want to read any of the articles first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I just watched the the ad, and it's it's just funny how Kendall Jenner is the saving grace. It is the Jenner <laughs> Kardashian clan who breaks all boundaries mm-hmm. and just equality for everybody. So that really. I just I I thought it was very brave that she was able to rip herself away from a photo shoot. <laughs> You know, know. And, and help these poor little peons, mm-hmm. you know, you know, champion their cause. I was really sold when she wiped the lipstick off oh, her mouth. Gosh. I was like, we are serious now. Yeah, oh, she man. When she off handed that her wig. wig. And, oh, my oh, God. Man. Take my wig, peasant. <laughs> I have things to do. <laughs> I'm one wow. of you now. And she just walked up to the policeman so gracefully and they didn't even, you know, <sighs> flinch. They were just, take this. They she, I can't. Uh, <laughs> There, it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the way. I don't. I don't know if I. It's not see, but yeah, I don't. I, I, I can't I, even. Yeah. I can't even justify it. I mean, I think that it really trivializes everything that's going on, and that was a big kind of like shock to me. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, you guys just went there. This, I don't see the connection. This is such a like, you know, try hard effort to bring that message home. I just, I, I don't even know. I'm honestly speechless. I, I watched the commercial over and over again and I was just like, oh, wow. And it was a long wow. one too. It was a fairly yeah. lengthy ad. Um, and the thing is, Pepsi was always known or uh, to recent history known as like the, the Pepsi generation. Like mm-hmm. they were like the, the kind of the newer kid on the block, so to speak. And so they always kind of used that generational slants like oh let's try to appeal to the young kids and i think they've kind of fell flat here because they tried to shoehorn they tried to shoehorn so many just very sensitive hot button kind of like Mm -hmm. issues into an ad in an attempt to sell a product and i think that's kind of where that's kind of where it was the last straw for me um and so i guess it begs the question should should brands get into the into activism marketing so to speak (laughs) it in the times that we live at now there's so many people who have an opinion Mm -hmm. and there's just so much why try and have like be in a negative light with somebody there's just no point of doing it especially if you're going to do it i mean if they would have had kendall jenner who is white going up to them it's you know a catastrophe. It's terrible. What if they had a black girl go up to her? Mm-hmm. Then people would say, well, you're not allowed to do it. It's just, I feel like there's always going to be a criticism whichever way it went. So there's just no point of even going So it would have better to just that. leave, like, leave the subject alone? It's pe- it's Pepsi. <laughs> do something fun. Choose. You gotta pick and choose your battles. Like, if, you, if there's going to be some kind of activism marketing initiative, you know, uh, do you want to pick the most controversial thing happening in the U.S. right now? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I think maybe there's uh, smaller battles to fight in the uh, activism world. Uh, so I, I don't know. So do you think? Do you think Pepsi was just trying to be relevant, topical, hip? Yeah, yeah, I, on I, trend. They're just trying to. I, they I looked at they the were, trending topics and yeah, were like, okay, and what can we cover exactly. in this next ad? Exactly. I don't know if they were trying to just like leverage the most talked about Mm -hmm. issues. So maybe they were trying to, I'm sure they were trying to get a lot of conversation happening around it. I just don't think that they 
um, were objective when they were looking at, you know, this storyboard, how this is going to play out Mm -hmm. and really thinking through what consumers and people who are involved in this movement are going to think. I don't know. I felt like it was just very insensitive and Mm. not authentic. Mm -hmm. And they, it was like pretending to be, I don't know. It was just So then that, so that's interesting. That's interesting because it then brings up the idea of cultural, ethnic, Mm -hmm. intellectual diversity in advertising. Mm -hmm. So do you think the lack of diversity in a a lot of advertising agencies kind of contributes to that? Possibly. Mm -hmm. That's possible. I mean, I, and I think with things like this, it's, it's beyond that. It's like going and hosting focus groups, you Mm -hmm. know, and getting people's opinions on things. I mean, I think if you're going to do something like this, you need to do it right. And you need to do your due diligence and your research and make sure that you're not being coming off as offensive or Mm -hmm. insensitive. You know, I mean, it's just crazy to me. I feel like they, they probably talked about this internally, thought it was a great idea and ran with it. I mean, yeah, that's what I feel like. I feel like there was no real research involved, right. like stepping down from the ivory tower for a second right, and actually right. seeing what common people, exactly. so to speak, do. Like you could turn Commoners, on a TV, yeah. turn on a TV for 15 mm-hmm. minutes and know that maybe alluding to a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the tension that social tension that we've had in the past few years is probably not the best platform to. Yeah sell soda <laughs> they thought we would be blinded by kendall jenner's beauty yes. and the really cool song that played in the commercial mm-hmm. i really like that song if that was the one thing i would take away from that commercial the song that was, song was, was super cool okay that's another thing maybe reevaluate the per- your uh celebrity mm-hmm. uh spotlight like kendall jenner I mean, is she really the face of... I mean, she's uh, 21 years old. She's what? The fourth... She has the fourth largest Instagram mm-hmm. um, following following uh, ever. Um, she's so the she, most tame and calm and she, yeah, she's, humble she's out the, of all the Kardashian clan. Bogged that, down with controversy. So I think um, maybe they were looking at it from just a sheer data standpoint. Uh-huh. They're like, well, look at all just these, look at all these impressions, look at all on these paper, eyes that we yeah, can get. On paper, she looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at just picking someone who's not really known for her activists, yeah, you know, right. roles well, that, and, and yeah. speaking out against you know social injustice. That's not really Jenner, uh, Kylie Jenner's thing. Right. Um, Kendall, so, Kendall Jenner. Kendall. See all the K's. Street. They throw me off. Yeah. Oh, that family. That's, that's, <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, yeah. Okay. We'll uh, we'll table that because I feel like that could be another discussion for another time too. Whole other podcast. Yeah. And with that said, we are going to move into my favorite segment of the show: take it or leave it. Woo-hoo! You two are veterans of this uh, this segment, so I don't really have to to yeah. break it down to you guys. But for the new listeners out there, take it or leave it is a segment where we kind of do a rapid fire round robin round robin roll um, round of just. Trends, maybe an ad that's popped up, or something within the advertising and marketing realm that we decide whether or not we're going to take it and or leave it. So, are you two ready? We are. Yep. All right. So, first topic, and it's kind of something segue. very, very, very segue. great segue. Um, celebrity endorsements. Take it. I say take it. I love <clears throat> seeing celebrities in commercials. I love seeing Dax Shepard 
and Kristen Bell and those appliance commercials oh, when they're so like great. putting their clothing in washing machines and it's just like so their great. everyday life with their kids running around. I love that. I love seeing that and honestly it makes me want to buy that appliance. A just celebrity. <laughs> you went I mean, out and bought a washer and dryer after that? Yes, it is sitting. Well, no, I don't have that much money yet. But um, <laughs> when I do... Um, I don't know. I just love seeing them. I love seeing their everyday and what they do. Jennifer Aniston and Avino. I definitely have Avino products because she because of Jennifer. Jennifer. Yes, she's beautiful. That, she looks that amazing. Does not what is she age. like? Fifty three yeah, or something. She does like not that? age. I'm not convinced she's it's Avino that does it, but I will. Pretend I mean, well, that yeah, I'm sure well, she has I, a whole team of uh-huh. scientists Isn't that keep that her. Isn't that the point to make us believe that it's Avino when <laughs> it really isn't? Don't <laughs> give away the secret. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I love them, so I would say take it. I say take it. I just again, I think you know. You gotta you gotta think about it first. Not mm-hmm. every celebrity endorsement is probably the best ever, but uh, you know, example Kendall Jenner. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I like them. I I like to see like she's saying, you know, the um, Kristen Bell and her husband doing the laundry, like mm-hmm. doing real people things, using products that I have, washing the clothes, taking stains out of things, stressing out with their kids. I'm like wow, these are cool people. So I don't know. I, I become more of a brand advocate for it that way when, pe- you know, the brand gets it. Okay. You know, like these are real problems, but these celebrities go through it too and they love our products. So maybe you should try it. I can I can get on board with that. All right. Well, I'm going to leave that one. I'm going to leave. Uh, <laughs> I, so, so here's the thing for me. It was when I saw the, it was the Gain commercials with the dad from Modern Family. Oh, well, they, they're they're very whimsical. And, uh, you know, I, I I see Phil Dumphy whenever he does them. But that's the problem mm-hmm. for me. I see Phil Dumphy. Mm-hmm. I see the character. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to make the separation between the character and whatever this celebrity does in his or her real life. Because I, 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 I would probably I could put money on it that the, a lot of the products that celebrities tend to hawk or like kind of endorse, so to speak, I'm. I, I'm pretty sure they don't use them. They don't use them in in, in everyday life. Uh, they just wait. They make way more money than most of us do. <laughs> so they probably have some Swedish brand oh, that you can tight. only get three months out of the year that you know that folds your clothes for you. You know, and it's it's it's. I think it's hard for me to suspend the 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 disbelief enough to be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, if Phil Dumphy uses it, I can use it too. You know, and yeah, so that's that's my one. Well, again, I think that. that comes back to picking wisely. Uh-huh. I mean, because I agree with you. I watch those commercials with Phil Dumphy and I'm like, I see Phil. Yeah. And so for and, and it's weird because he has different storylines in the commercials mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with his character. Mm-hmm. But he exact he acts like. Yeah. He, 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 yeah. So that exactly. confuses me. So I agree with you on that one. But I think that there are other ones like what Tina was referencing with Kristen Bell um, and Dak Shepard that mm-hmm. are, are more realistic you know, not that I'm going to sit there and I'm totally jazzed by this commercial that I'm ordering <laughs> uh, tied from my Amazon Prime account. But, you know, uh, I think it it definitely gives it some relevancy mm-hmm. and it grabs your attention because you want to see how that's going to play out. Sure. And so, you're, you know, they're benefiting from brand awareness and, you know, it's memorable. It's memorable. So I think in some instances it serves its purpose it really it really just depends on who the, the casting yeah. and just the the product so a couple yeah. of variables have to like Always. align in order for it to align. work exactly yes. okay all right next topic um support accounts on twitter now the like comcast cares and i think dell has one and a couple other companies have twitter accounts devoted specifically to customer support take it or leave it 
I never use them. <laughs> I don't even... I call and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like... I would say leave it. I don't yeah. know. I'm not going to follow two different accounts just yeah. to engage with one on a day-to-day and then talk to another about customer service when it's probably the same person managing both. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> you true. know, like I'd rather, if I'm going to tweet somebody a complaint, I'd rather just do it to their general account as a consumer. You okay. know, I, I just, there's too many steps involved. Then I got to mm-hmm. figure out what's their customer support account what's the name of it now i gotta find that is it on their website probably not so now i gotta google it and then you know what's there are too many steps i'm exhausted i don't want to do it anymore yeah maybe it serves its purpose because then i don't want to complain on social anymore i'm over Mm -hmm. it (laughs) yeah i'm probably i'm gonna take this one just because and this is you always have to say well this is a super this is a very very selfish reason every time that i've tweeted at a company's support account Mm -hmm. i've been helped Tremendously. <laughs> have you tried tweeting the actual? Well, if they don't have a separate support one, then mm-hmm. I'll tweet them directly. And, and have they, they helped you? They've helped me out. Okay. All right. So Wait. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you could do the other one as well um, and not follow the other account okay. as she sips her water. <laughs> How did you find the uh, customer accounts? Um, usually, and I don't know if they still do this, but like on the web app for Twitter, like they'll show you like other people you should follow kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. it's usually like Uh the support account is one of the top ones that they recommend. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just use that then. Yeah. They hop in my DMs and they help you out. You could have saved like, you know, 30 seconds of your life if you just stayed on the page that you were at and asked Mm -hmm. them your question. I mean, I'm on Twitter. So, I mean, I could (laughs) have saved myself 30 seconds in many other ways too. So... (laughs) But yeah, I definitely want to take that one. Um, no, leaving it, we're taking it. We just told you to leave it. And no, 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 no! Don't, don't, don't Jedi mind trick me. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. So, um, uh, next topic: uh, social media press releases. Now, this is basically any any practice. It's a it's a fairly new practice, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there are some times where companies will literally release almost like a press release kind of statement on Instagram or or Facebook oh. or Twitter. Like, what? how do you feel about, I guess it's just a changing of mediums, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, from the traditional like PR web or any of the other like distribution kind of sites. Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel about social media press releases? Take it. Take it? Yeah. It, I, if you're on a platform, you need to put your press yeah. release on, on that platform. Okay. People, I'm... There's a lot of people who don't. I have the CNN app and I do all that stuff so I can I can see things from there, ABC mm-hmm. app. But I mean, a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't go to traditional media mm-hmm. in order to get their news. A lot of them are getting it on their social media platforms. So distribute it out to there and also put it on your platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you need to put it out everywhere that you're active on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a no-brainer because people, if you don't, then it looks like you're ignoring the situation and people are going to ask you questions about it regardless if you don't have something on your social i mean same for the same reason they might be consuming their news through facebook and mm-hmm. you have no information about the incident there so now what is this consumer supposed to think they think that you're detached from the situation but i'm gonna assume that you're gonna say leave it because you're doing this whole opposite <laughs> thing see don't play me i'm the host i'm the host no i was actually going to agree that you know okay. that's there's definitely a using the the medium to your advantage is definitely something that you should do in this day and age um yeah i definitely take it definitely take it um so lastly um 
and this is one of the big ones for me, saying sorry, just apologizing up front. Take it or leave it. Take it. So a lot of PR professionals and lawyers always are opposite in this mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Press re- In public relations, we always apologize for what happened. We get out a statement right away, an apology. Lawyers are like, don't fess up to anything. <laughs> don't do make anything. <laughs> Red X, you know? Mm-hmm. And they do it as a point, you know, for money issues and lawsuits and stuff. We do it as a reputation issue. So okay. if we don't put something out now, mm-hmm. our reputation could get so hurt that it's not going to come back. So that's where we are in a tip for stuff. But for public relations standpoints, always say, sorry, always... If it's not like a sorry, put out an apology or put out a um, a statement at, around something that you understand what's mm-hmm. happening. You're gonna look something. You're gonna look into it further. Um, but something along those lines should always be said immediately. Yeah, I say take it. I mean, I think say sorry, but also tell me what you're gonna do to fix it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just saying sorry, I really don't care to hear from you yeah. because I'm sure you're sorry that you're in this crap ton of problems. Mm-hmm. You know, but. I want to know, like, what is being done to, to prevent this from happening. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, absolutely. Take it. Yeah, I'm going to have to defer on this one. Sure. Um, I don't think you should apologize for anything that you do in life. You know no. what I mean? Okay. You double down. You know, you stand your ground. You you dig that deep, that hole deeper and deeper until you end up on the other side of the earth. That's what you... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just okay. Kidding. I was like, wow. And Ryan's fired. So... <laughs> Our CEO just heard this and revoked his offer. Edit, the edit, new hosts are out. Megan and Valentina for the Evoke podcast. Oh, man. Um, no, I, no, I definitely agree that, that that saying sorry should be the, the number one on your, your priority list. Um, just admitting that you did something wrong. I don't understand why it's so hard mm-hmm. for a lot of people, yeah. companies, individuals. It's it's that, that other side of the legal side where it's just – we need to get all this stuff together mm-hmm. and see what kind of damage is being done. We're like, no, the damage is already Not done. So wait, so back. so do legal teams see it as almost like an admission of guilt? Yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay, they can use that in court, and <sighs> it gets even worse. I don't know. I might have to change my answer. <laughs> but then again, because she's an an attorney in her spare time. Yes. <laughs> no, we learned this in my. Um, uh, legal research class for uh, public relations uh-huh. at UCF. <laughs> hashtag uh, go Knights. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's they're always in a constant battle because of that. Because hmm. you know you could either you know pay this lawsuit and you know all the damages and stuff, or you can pay for your entire company to go bankrupt and mm. just fall off the face of the earth. Okay. So it's with everything in the marketing realm. There's yeah. a delicate way to go about mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is strategic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, so. But we're sincere in what we do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sincere and strategic. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice, it's a nice marriage of the two. Um, all right. Well, I want to thank Valentina and Megan for uh, taking some time out of their day to talk uh talk about the uh, the good old advertising world and marketing and PR and just um yeah you know shedding some light and, and giving us some wisdom on uh, all things industry related so thank sure. you too you are Thanks welcome all right and we'll be back <laughs> all right everybody that wraps up another episode of the award winning podcast provoke um i want to thank valentina and megan for taking time to hang out with us today 
If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, send them to provoke, P-R-O-V-O-K, at evokead.com. And follow us on Twitter, at evokead, and on Facebook at Evoke Advertising to keep up with all our contributions to the advertising world. And as far as a quote that kind of wraps up this week's episode, I think Justin Bieber, the Biebs, for all those in the know, said it best when he was quoted with saying, is it too late now to say sorry? Yeah, I know that I let you down, but is it too late to say sorry now? Y'all take care. <laughs>